Welcome to the God Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Chinny, and I'm passionate about helping you break down the walls that stop you from seeing God the way he wants to be seen. This is a place where we learn to see things through the lens of the Father and are renewed towards living a godly life, marrying our faith walks and our daily lives, thus living Christianity as a lifestyle. Keep your mind open and your heart willing to receive on this journey of faith, love, and life. Hey guys, welcome back to the God Mindset Podcast. Once again, my name is Chinny O. I am your host and today I have something crazy for us to unpack. It's a lot in today's message. I'm not even going to front. Like as I was studying this, I just felt the Holy Spirit dragging me. Like I could see myself in this in so many ways and you'll begin to understand some more as we go into it. But first, I really wanted to say thank you to everybody who had listened to the first podcast. And I really pray that this is a continuous stream of blessing for you, that God will just continue to bless you as you listen let's just get into it okay so i was listening to the sermon and the pastor was preaching on matthew 14 and he was talking about peter um walking in water and you know in this time in the scripture jesus had just fed five thousand, and um peter was on the boat with a bunch of other disciples because Jesus had already sent them because he went to pray. And so Jesus kind of catches up with them, but instead of just like being them on the shore, he decides to walk on water to where they are, you know, because he's like, I'm Jesus, so I have to do the most because who else is going to do it? I'm Jesus, you know? And so he walks all the way up to them. The disciples see him, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. And he's like, chill, it's not a ghost, don't be afraid, it's me. He says to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. He gives them an instruction. He tells them why. That's the part that blows my mind the most, and I love it. He says, take courage, why? Because I'm here, it is me, it is I, Jesus, don't be afraid. But the part that really, really speaks to me is when Peter says to him, hi, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come out to you. Tell me to come into the water. And Jesus says, come. Like, doesn't even do anything fancy. Doesn't give a lot of instructions. My Bible message translation just simply says, come. You know? And so Peter is like all excited and whatnot, replies with all of this vim. And then he goes out, pays attention to everything that's going on around him with the waves and the winds, and he sinks into the water. And of course, we know Jesus comes out to push him, to to save him, not to push him, to save him. And I love that it's not like Peter like gets out there, gets scared, waits a little bit, and it's like, okay, let me take a second, let me take a break. And then like when he finally gets himself back together, he just keeps going. No, no, no. He gets scared and instantly his fear becomes his reality and he sinks. As I was reading this, the Holy Spirit said to me, God is patient, fear is not. You see, Jesus would have stayed with him until he was able to walk all the way over to where he was. But the minute he allowed his consciousness to of his consciousness of the, the things to fear, that his consciousness of the wind and the waves to override his consciousness of Jesus, he sunk. And of course, we know that Jesus came to pull him back up. But I picked up some important lessons from this, and I have it written out as three lessons, but as I read it more, I realize there's a lot more lessons in each one, so bear with me. But lesson number one, okay? So Peter was confronted with both faith and fear in such a clear way. And the reason I say this is because just picture this in your mind. Peter is standing 
on water. Jesus is right in front of him and all these things are around him. The elements, the natural elements are there to terrify him. The Bible tells us that the faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So in this scenario, it is very powerful because it puts the reason to fear and the reason to believe in the same situation and confronts Peter with both. So you're not always going to have one or the other. It's not always just going to be an entirely scary situation or an entirely easy situation to believe in God. Sometimes the reason to fear will be just as loud, if not louder, than the reason to believe. In this case, the substance and the evidence is Jesus. Why do I say that? Well, think about the fact that the, the scripture tells us the substance of things hoped for, everything, evidence of things not seen. The thing hoped for was that Peter would be able to successfully walk on water. And the thing not yet seen would have obviously been that Peter got all the way to Jesus. That's what the end goal was. But so what is the substance? What is the evidence? What is the proof? The proof was that Jesus had already done it. Jesus stood as both the substance and the evidence. He was proof of success. He had gone before Peter, which proved to Peter that it was possible. He literally was saying, you've never done it before, but I'm here to tell you and show you that you can do it. I'm living proof. But fear comes in making noise and doing the most and Peter gets overwhelmed. But you know what I've noticed in this situation? As much as the winds and the waves were just going crazy. The gag is the substance and the evidence did not change. Jesus was not moved. The winds and the waves and the natural elements were present, was, were present but it didn't touch Jesus. See, it's not always going to be smooth sailing. There will be opposition, but God's instruction has not changed. Jesus said, come. The fact that Jesus said, come, had not changed. Jesus was not unaware of the danger of the situation. It wasn't surprising to him that the winds got crazy. He still said, come. That instruction did not change. He didn't look at the surroundings and think, oh my gosh, Peter, you know, it's really getting crazy out here. You're right. You have every reason to be scared. Abort mission. Turn around. Go back. No. His instruction to come was still there. And Peter, unfortunately, had fear all around him, but faith was right in front of him. The reason to have faith was right in front of him. So when he sunk, Jesus asked, why did you doubt? See, in Peter's mind, fear had overcome faith, which leads me to point two. Fear speaks. I was listening to a sermon by Stephen Chandler. He's a pastor in Maryland, and he was talking about how um, fear, when you listen to it, is almost like it gives you a counter prophecy. So he said that it's like whatever was said to you by God, because you're so consumed in fear, becomes canceled almost because you start to speak the opposite to yourself. And it's like you're now prophesying the opposite of what God once said to you. And you start to believe it and even worse, sometimes start to declare it. When you start to say things that prove or are against whatever God has said about your situation, you are with your own mouth confessing the opposite of what God has said to you. So it becomes your reality. So it's like fake faith, basically. It's like faith in the wrong thing. You're having faith in what the enemy has said and not in what God has said. Jesus says, come, but, Je but Peter starts to look around and applies faith to the lie that the winds and waves are more in control than Jesus. It's like there's now a competition between Jesus and the waves in Peter's head. 
And if he had focused enough on Jesus, he would have seen that Jesus was unaffected. I imagine Jesus in that situation. He's not looking around like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. He was standing still in the same position, probably with his arms stretched out saying, come. And that takes us back to what we said in point one about substance and evidence. And substance and evidence of Peter's potential success was there. But he chose to pay more attention to the other substance and evidence, which would have been the fact or the idea that he could fail. So he put his faith in fear. Stay with me here, okay? We do this in life. We do this all the time. God says one thing and we look at our surroundings and we decide that that really scary aspect is more worthy of our faith because it makes more sense. It makes sense that you're in a situation where there's wind and wave everywhere. And of course, the wind and wave could like push you out and you'd fall into the water. It makes sense to feel the need to be cautious in that situation. What doesn't make sense is the idea that you could possibly walk all the way from the boat to wherever Jesus was. But that's what Jesus was saying was possible. He proved that it was possible. Jesus said, I'm here proving to you that this will work. So to everyone else, it sounds stupid. I'm sure the other disciples were like, what are you doing? Because think about it. They were all in that boat. It wasn't just Peter. They had the opportunity to come out, but they didn't. Peter tried. And you know, that kind of makes my next point a little bit contradictory to everything else I've said. But but just stay with me, okay? I love how imperfect Peter's faith was. Like, I, I really hope you took notes in the first two points. Please, those are very important. But I really love how imperfect Peter's faith was because it's so realistic for what we go through on a daily basis. And that's another characteristic I love about God because he never puts us in a situation that is just so ridiculous that he's demanding so much from us that we can't give. Peter had imperfect faith but he had faith nonetheless, okay? It was not strong enough to carry him all the way through the situation, but it was there, you know? And sometimes we think that having a little bit of fear means that you have no faith at all, but that's not true. That's not the case. The issue was that he let the fear grow bigger than the faith. And that's why when we read the word and we pray, our faith becomes stronger. We build up our faith, right? But Peter was in a situation where he had some faith. He just let the fear override the faith. But you know, this is why you can't even knock Peter because the initial stepping out of the boat required a lot of faith. I don't know if you guys have ever gone like, bungee jumping or zip lining. I've been zip lining and I worked at a camp actually in Maryland where we had to like put kids down the zip line and I would like control the system. And mind you, I'm up I'm up there all the way at the top like sending kids down, but me myself, I don't want to go down the zip line because that initial like jumping off knowing that there's nothing beneath me and all I have is this rope that's connecting me to another rope and these clips that could very well just like completely break and fail because nothing is 100% foolproof that was a lot okay that terrified me completely but that didn't take away from the, the initial demonstration of faith it would have taken me when I first went off. And trust me, I went off a couple times. First time was terrible, but I did it anyway. But that's what I'm saying with Peter. The initial stepping out of the boat required probably the most amount of faith. 
And that's how I come to the conclusion that faith is not the absence of fear, okay? It's not. Because I can think of the time when God asked me to move back to Nigeria in 2018. I was absolutely terrified because I didn't know what was coming. I didn't know how I would be able to survive. I didn't know, like, am I going to have to start making new friends? Am I going to have to adjust this whole new lifestyle? How are you going to provide for me? I was in a job that I loved. But also, I didn't want to be in a place that God didn't want me to be in. So I believed in him that he was going to take care of me. My faith was there, but so was my fear. I had just decided that I was going to listen to my faith more than I was going to listen to my fear. I was going to pay more attention to the promises of God than I was everything around me telling me that this is a scary situation and you have no idea what you're walking into. So I advise you get comfortable with failure. Get comfortable with the possibility that it might not work. But in getting comfortable with that possibility, get confident in the certainty that God is with you. So because of that, you try anyway. There was a possibility that I was going to move to Nigeria and everything would just completely fall apart. Like nothing would work out. But I was confident in the certainty that I had a God who had never disappointed me before. So I was going to try. I was going to take that first step, even though that first step was scary the the fear was there but so was the faith and I already know that God doesn't fail so I'm gonna be confident in the certainty that he's with me you know because sometimes that first step it's the hardest and that's that's honestly why I said you can't knock Peter for feeling fear because he did what most of us spend our entire lives trying to do taking that first step that initial jump that that beginning those first initial steps that most of us sit down calculating how to do it and trust me I'm one of those people because that fear that comes over you when you're stepping into the unknown it can be very paralyzing especially if your faith is not built up we're so afraid I mean think about life like our general lives our everyday lives we're very afraid of hearing the word no Like we're so afraid of hearing no that we feel like if we can't guarantee a yes, we shouldn't even start. If we can't guarantee success, then why are we even starting? And let me tell you now, I'm coming for myself, okay? This is, I tell you guys, I feel like this podcast, today's episode is even more about me, not even gonna lie. But see, the thing is, if I'm confident in what God said, then I'm gonna do it anyway. I may not know how it's gonna turn out, but I'm gonna do it anyway. If someone says no along the way, or my business crashes, or that thing that I tried failed, it doesn't matter. Even if the waves attempt to wash me away, that's not my problem. Why? Because God already said. And so whatever God says overrides whatever anything or anyone else is saying. And trust me, I know it's not that easy, but this is the way that faith works. Because even if you fail, God is still there. Peter started off walking good, and then he he failed, but Jesus came and pulled him out. He won't leave you or forsake you. Jesus has pulled me out of so many situations, and all he said to me was, girl, listen, don't doubt. I got you. I don't know why you keep thinking I'm not going to have your back, but I'm here. Now, I really want to make this more practical because I'm team practicality and all of that, but I think about the times that God has told me to start something new and the times that I'm looking around like, yeah, 
but um, no one else has ever done this before, so I just feel like I don't have enough proof that it's going to work, so maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should just wait for someone else to do it, because this is kind of scary, you're sending me into uncharted waters here, I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know what's coming up there. One thing I admire about Peter, listen, we're talking about Peter's strengths right now, Peter was okay with being first, out of all the people in that boat, he was first. We're always waiting for someone to go before us because we want someone to piggyback off so it's less scary. So we want to be able to pretty much walk in someone else's shadow. But listen, let me tell you something. There are people whose lives are attached to you doing everything that God has sent you to do, even if it requires you going first. And trust me, like I said, I'm preaching to myself, okay? There are people whose lives are attached to you doing the thing that God asks you to do. And, and you know, I think about Peter at that time. He's like, Jesus, that's you? Okay, if that's really you, tell me to come out. I'm coming. But imagine if, G- if Peter had said, um, how's the water, Jesus? Looks good. Hope you're loving it. Hope it's fun. The moonlight looks really good on you. And just sat in the boat with everyone else, which honestly, everybody else did it. So he very well had the right to then the story probably would have just been about the time when Jesus walked on water. And we all know that Jesus can walk on water because he's Jesus. But it, it resonates so much more with us because we had Peter. So it was almost as if you can say, you and I, our ability to have faith and have these lessons that we're learning from Peter was dependent upon Peter choosing to go first. Okay? And you know, for those of you right now thinking to yourself oh yeah but the idea that god gave me yeah someone's already doing it let me let me just come for you okay let me come for you now because same i'm the same way especially when i know the person okay so for everything that you've been called to do there's a specific audience for you okay don't think that the holy spirit doesn't understand marketing because he does you have a unique selling point you have something about you that is different so it doesn't matter if there's thousands of people doing the same thing as you you're not called for the same people because you're not the same person you're not called for every type of person you're not for every type of person so stop trying to be for every type of person so even if your idea has been recycled a thousand times go to god for strategy Go to God for insights. Go to him to help you and show you what it is about yourself that is that standout quality, that standout bit about you, that characteristic that draws people into you. So you're too concentrate, concentrated on what other people are doing. And if, you, if you're too concentrated on what they're doing, you will lose sight of what God has sent you to do and probably end up doing nothing at all. And you get choked out. I've had so many ideas in my life that God has placed into me and that I look at someone else and especially, yo, especially if it's someone that I know personally, it's one thing when it's like someone on the other end of the world, but when it's someone that I know, it's like, yeah, I can't do it now because it'll be like I'm copying them. But God is like, no, no, no. What I've given you, they don't have. What I've given them, you don't have. You're not called for the same people. You're not them. God is calling you to be different. He let him pull you out of the crowd. Allow him to take you somewhere else and use you to do something else. I imagine at that time as well, Peter probably had the, all of the disciples watching his every step. And coupled with that, he also had the forces around him doing what they do best, to be honest, because the waves were just being the waves. The winds were just being windy. 
Peter was so focused on them that it became as if they were designed to make him fail. But even when the enemy designs things to make you fail, what happens then? What happens when people are watching you, plus the enemy's throwing darts at you, what do you do? So much was happening in that situation, but one thing was constant. Jesus was still there, and Jesus was still standing firm. I think about that all the time. He was standing firm. He didn't shake. He didn't move. So the the possibility of Peter crashing and burning, it didn't matter because Jesus was still there. Because I ask God all the time, what if I fail? And he I came to the realization of something. I said, you know, I would much rather crash and burn in the presence of God than anywhere else. Because you can never be at a disadvantage if you're in the presence of God, even if you fail. You'll always be one step ahead because you have pretty much a cheat sheet to life. You have the Holy Spirit. So even if you fall a little bit, you're still a little bit ahead. I know the disciples were still in the presence of God, but think about it this way, okay? Peter pulled himself out of the crowd and decided to go closer to God. He decided to move closer to Christ and he failed. But Peter's advantage now is that forever in all of history, Peter has gone down as the man, apart from Jesus, who walked on water. That is huge. That is humongous. It didn't matter that everyone else was watching him. He now got to do something different. Even though he failed, it doesn't change the reality that Peter walked on water. The fact that he took only a few steps doesn't change the fact that he did take some steps, you know? see and and even in all of this like I try to relate this stuff to myself as much as possible and I think about how Peter must have been feeling that moment and I also think about how I would have felt looking out into that water thinking like I probably knowing me would have started to calculate my steps like which step am I going to take um this part looks a little bit too I'm not sure how I feel about this I can see some fish over there I'm not doing that that type of thing I'm that person I analyze everything But I understand that faith is not always understanding what to do. It isn't. See, someone said to me, I'm going to loosely repeat this because I don't fully remember. But he basically just said, like, God will either show you the mountain or he'll show you how to get to the mountain. He's not going to give you both. He's not going to give you the path and the destination at the same time. You're most likely going to get one or the other. You're not always going to have everything. I'm that person who needs every bit of instruction and clarity before I take one little step literally on the tiniest things and it's so wrong you see if I don't have every single do and don't I'll sit back just waiting and what the Holy Spirit revealed to me is that this proves that I'm looking for security in everything but him because I feel like if I have enough information I'm going to have a foolproof method to doing what I want to do and the more I know The more information I have, the more instruction I have, the less likely I've convinced myself that I am to fail. And you know what? That's not true. Nothing is 100% foolproof. And the need to have a foolproof method shows a lack of faith in me. It shows that I don't believe that God is going to keep me along the way because I feel like if I don't have everything in my hands right now, I can't start. But sometimes all God wants is that you just start. Just take that first step. So I know I've said a lot and listen, man, I feel like I could discuss this 
for forever. I had this conversation with someone on the phone and I don't even know how many hours we stayed discussing this because there's just so much to unpack in this story. But I encourage you to read the scripture in Matthew 14 and find your own revelations from it and find find how it relates to you as a person. Also, if you need to listen to this podcast again, okay, listen to it over again if you missed anything. Send it out to your friends and because there's probably someone who needs to hear this, man. There's a lot of there's a lot that I've learned from this. Like the fact that number 1, Jesus has the proof that it's going to work. The fact that I'm involved in the presence of God, that I'm with God, I have my substance and my evidence. I have my proof that God is with me is more than enough. Number 2, Faith is not always the absence of fear. Your faith should always be stronger than your fear, but the fact that there's a little bit of fear in you does not mean you should just stay and not do anything. Still go. Work on it so that your faith becomes the only thing there. But the fact that there's a little bit of fear doesn't mean you run away. Number three, don't be afraid to be first. Don't be afraid to step out, to do something different. Also, even if what you're doing is the same as everybody else, go and find what makes you different. And number four, if you're going to crash and burn, this is my favorite one. If you're going to crash and burn, crash and burn with Jesus. If you're going to fail, fail with God, okay? I feel like I need to go listen to this podcast as well. Like, I've said some stuff and I'm just like, okay, I need to even go listen to this and take some notes. But honestly, I pray that you've been blessed. I hate that I can't talk for like hours and hours, trust me, because if I could... We would, we would still be here for a long time and you don't, you don't have time for that, you know? So go study the scripture, go unpack this as much as you can, discuss it, share it with your friends. And I really, really hope that I get to see you or speak with you again next week. I love you. God bless you. I pray that you are blessed by this. I pray that you are moved. I pray that you are stirred and your faith is increased for you to go study the word even more. Honestly, I just want to say this. The Holy Spirit just dropped this in my heart right now. Your faith is not going to be increased because you listen to me. Your faith might be stirred, but I don't have what's going to increase your faith. Only God does. That's why we have the Bible. That's one thing we have above the, the disciples. We have written words. We have an instruction manual. So I encourage you to go study the word more. I encourage you to be in prayer more so you can receive from God and your faith can be built up. I love you and God bless you. Bye.